0: Friends, the Jets might be out on Timo Meyer, but that does not mean that they are out on the NHL trade deadline. After having already acquired Nino Niederreiter, Elliot Friedman says the Jets are still active and are still looking to do something. What is that something? Well, who knows? But we're going to try and get to the bottom of that on tonight's episode of Locked On, Winnipeg Jets. you locked on the Hockey Jets, your daily podcast on the Winnipeg Jets. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, friends, and welcome to tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every day. I'm your host, Arison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLLovingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, thanks for making Locked On Jets your first listen of the day every day. If you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Megaphone, Odyssey, and YouTube. Doing so is completely free of charge and ensures you never miss another episode. But most of all, we just really love and appreciate your support. Now, like I said on tonight's episode, we're going to be trying to figure out what the Jets are up to now that Timo Meyer is off the board and Nino Ry- Nino Rider is a Jet. Uh, wow, well, say that five times fast. Nino Nidor Rider obviously is a really good player, and for a second-round pick next year, he's cheap, right? But the reality is, with one year left on his deal and the kind of player that he is, he doesn't really move the needle uh, at-, at the level that the Jets are really desperately needing. Winnipeg is kind of, I would say, in a bit of a a holding pattern. Uh, Rick Bonus yesterday said that he wants to make moves, the team wants to make moves, but with the roster the way it is, uh, basically saying maybe there's not enough ice time for everyone and that they need to do some stuff to rearrange the deck chairs and maybe swap some players out while bringing some new guys in in order to try and make this team look a lot more competent. So, you know, I've seen some tinfoil hat stuff about the Jets maybe submarining a bit over the past couple of weeks to try and force the front office to do something and and really bring in some help. I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think that the Jets are just honestly, uh not so good sometimes. And we knew that going into the season, right? We knew that this roster would have limitations, but some of the limitations we've seen, yikes. Uh the effort the past few games, I would say, it's it's really inconsistent, but that's kind of beside the point, you know, no use crying over spilled milk. The biggest question for the Jets now is what is next? And one of one of the big next steps that apparently Winnipeg is being linked to is uh, the Calgary Flames. Now, you know how I feel about the Flames. We all hate them. Uh, I don't know that there's a Jets fan alive who doesn't have at least some level of hatred or ill will towards this Flames team. They have caused us a lot of pain and grief over the past several years and even beyond that. So obviously, you know, we don't like the Flames. They don't like us. And apparently we might actually be good trade partners. Who knew? Well, looking at the Flames roster, right? You might be wondering what exactly can this Calgary team that's not very good provide the Jets? A couple of names I think that come to mind uh, for for me personally. I've got interest in Elias Lindholm and Andrew Mangiapani. Neither has trade protection. Both are expiring within the next two to three years. And for Mangiapane, while he is a left wing, I think he would be a great top six offensive boost, somebody with a great shot. Last year, he scored 35 goals. This year, his offensive production has tailed off a bit, just a little over half a point per game. But the Flames in general are not great. Um, Mangiapane, for me, I think is the kind of player who if you put him with offensively talented, offensively gifted players, his natural shooting instincts, his passing, his vision, his spatial awareness, all that will start to come out and you'll see that this kid is a phenomenal attacker and somebody who immediately would boost Winnipeg's top six. Elias Lindholm, uh, he's a solid center who I think would be a nice second line player. It kind of feels like he would be the, um, the stand in for Pierre-Luc Dubois next season. Do I think Lindholm is like a phenomenal attacker? Um, I, I think you're getting more like middle six production out of him. He is kind of like at a a price tag. That's more second line center than first line center. Uh, obviously he is a little bit cheaper, um, than Andrew Mangiapane. Mangiapane is like at a 5.8 million cap hit. So not exactly super cheap. Uh, but for, for Lindholm, I think you're looking at a guy who could comfortably replace Dubois, do a solid job, but not really be a long-term option. Uh, he, he can play, I think, on, on one of the flanks. I forget which side he usually likes to shoot from. I want to say it's on the left side, uh, but don't quote me on that. He's been a, a, a good like second-line player over the past couple of years, probably the kind of player you're expecting around 50 to 60 points out of. So again, pretty decent for the price. Um, but I think alone, you know, Lindholm maybe doesn't move the needle enough. Manji might kind of start to push that uh, territory a little bit. The other link that did kind of pop up was sort of on the defensive side. Uh, Chris Tanev and Nikita Zadorov are both also expiring in the next couple of years. Tanev, of course, his brother played for the Jets and was pretty decent for his time here. T- you know, Chris interesting more of a defensive side player not a kind of guy I'm really expecting a lot of really aggressive blue line activation from Zadorov. is actually aggressive but he mostly just hits people not actually as bad as he used to be when he was with the abs but not the kind of player that I'm like really excited about Mackenzie Weaker, on the other hand that's a name that I have a little more interest in. Uh, McKenzie, obviously one of the better defenders for this Flames team. Now they've got some some really good ones, mind you. But you know, Wieger was one of their big marquee pickups out of that whole uh, Matthew to Chuck deal. So Weger signed to a big extension. Uh, his his cap hits a little on the higher side, but I think for what he probably brings to the Jets, would he be worth it? Maybe. Uh, I, I think that there's a solid argument for it. You're getting an elite top four defender, somebody who's been among the league's better defenders for the past couple of years. Uh, but, you know, again, I think the cap hits are are something of a question with him, and he's got quite a few years left on his deal, so I don't know if the Jets are interested in that kind of term. But if you're looking at some immediate middle six to top six goal-scoring contributions, Mangiapane, uh, Lindholm... To Foley and Dubé at a stretch. If you are thinking about that route, those are other options. Most of these guys do not have trade protections, and we all know the Jets love modest term and modest cash, which most of these guys are more in that category. So, something to stew over. Maybe the Flames want to sell some players at a, at a I guess, cut price to get rid of salary. I don't know, but for the Jets, you know, maybe uh, an old rival becomes a uh, a valuable trade partner. Who knows? Now, I think the Flames are an option, but they're not the only team that I'm personally looking at. There's a few other candidates uh, for players that I think the Jets really should be considering. Before we go any further, though, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at Built.com. Those of you who have heard me talk about Bilt know that I'm a big fan of their Bilt Bar product, which is a protein bar that's more like a candy bar with a 100% real chocolate exterior and a soft, chewy interior. They've got several great flavors like churro, peanut butter brownie, coconut almond. Uh, A personal favorite of mine, very simple but very classic, raspberry dark chocolate. You know, very straightforward, not very fussy. But what makes this stuff fantastic is that flavor really kicks you, and then you find out it's only 130 calories, four to five grams of net carbs and loaded with maybe 15 to 17 grams of protein, which for those of you who are really health conscious, you want something that's better than a candy bar that maybe gives you that kickstart for your gym. Maybe you even use it as like a breakfast supplement, no matter what built bar would be doing for you. It's for every lifestyle and you can get it at Walmart and Sam's club in like four or 13 bar boxes, which gives you a selection of some of their most popular flavors. Or if you're like me, you can pick your personal favorites at built.com if you give them a try, I promise you, you will not regret it. Hello, friends, and welcome back to this episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Thanks for joining us for our trade deadline discussion. Obviously, uh, Winnipeg has been active on the market recently, missing out on Meyer but acquiring you know, Nino rider. And now the Jets are apparently doing something else, although no one knows what it is. Now, of course, while we're going to be talking about stuff uh, throughout the rest of the week and this Friday, the rest of the NHL network is going to be doing plenty of coverage. The NHL deadline, of course, is this Friday, March 3rd. You can join us live at Locked On NHL on YouTube from 2 to 4 p.m. Eastern as our Locked On hosts break down the biggest deals from across the league. You can follow and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice and YouTube, so be sure to do that right now because Locked On Podcast is here for you. It is your team every day. Now, circling back to the Jets, I mentioned that Winnipeg maybe has some other options for trade targets. One team that has kind of come to mind is uh, the Anaheim Ducks. Originally, Adam Henrique was probably one of the players that (laughs) Winnipeg might have been targeting. Unfortunately, he is now injured for... Uh, the foreseeable future That is uh, unfortunate because Henry probably would have been um for me one of one of like the you know medium rental players that I think would have been a really good option for Winnipeg's middle six, but if the Jets are really getting creative, really chasing bigger fish and really going after uh guys who have some considerable upside for the future. Troy Terry is probably the one player that I want from this team. Uh Troy is also one of their best players, and somebody that you might say they would consider a core piece. He is an expiring RFA, he is due a raise. Um but at the age of like 25, right? I have to ask the the ducks, like, what is your timeline? Because 25 is younger, right? But it's also not at the age where you're thinking this is a player that's going to be around for like the end of the rebuild. Uh, Troy might be 28, 29 by the time the Ducks are finally building this core that's going to be, you know, competitive with very likely somebody of Bedard's caliber. Is Troy the kind of player you necessarily want to keep around for that long until you reach that point? I don't know. Uh, I think he could bring in a huge haul in assets. And if you're the Jets, right, and you're looking at players who can immediately slide in who you have the cap space to resign and who actually fits the side of your wing depth chart. That's just absolutely trash. Yeah. You know, Troy Terry might actually solve quite a few needs. Um, But again, I don't know that he's really on the market and the ducks haven't really given any sort of indication that they have any interest in selling a player like him. I think they intend to build uh, a future with him as part of that plan, but you know, maybe Winnipeg makes them an offer they can't refuse and suddenly the ducks kind of open their eyes uh, and and consider you know not only Troy Terry but maybe some of their other younger players, not Trevor Zegers. I mean that's not happening, but you know Terry Lundestrom, quite a few other players on this team. Maybe there is more wiggle room for teams to negotiate. Now Vertrano will be one of those names that I think other people mention. Uh, Frank is solid as a guy who can kind of slide into your middle six and. With like a 3.65 mil cap hit, he's pretty cheap, relatively speaking. I I think the thing with Vetrano is that in terms of like the level of production you're getting out of him, I'm actually not even sure what his his point total is this year. Uh, He's traditionally been like a 35-ish to 40-point player. Uh, Again, this year he's actually at 29. So that's kind of right on the money for what you would expect for like maybe a a third-line winger. That's sort of where he's hovered around for most of his career. Uh, A really solid finisher, you know, 15 to 20 goals a season. But if you're expecting more from that, I don't know that he's necessarily going to bring that, and he has some defensive issues that are are pretty glaring. So overall, I don't mind it if the Jets are trying to go cheap. You know, he's he's kind of like a solid depth add, sort of in that Nino Niederreiter range, although I think Nino is a much more well-rounded player and certainly somebody that... The Jets basically spent nothing to acquire. Vitrano would probably be cheap as well, but again, does he really move the needle at a level where the Jets suddenly look so much more dangerous? No, I, I think it would be addition um, by subscri- you know subtraction of some of the weaker players uh, in terms of Winnipeg's offensive impact. But Vitrano offensively also doesn't do enough to where you're like you're getting a Timo Meyer replacement. Obviously, no one the Jets are going to acquire is going to be at that level, but you still need to find ways to squeeze a little more offense out of this top nine. Vetrano will do something uh, on the lower end, but probably not at the level that the Jets might be hoping for. Now, there is one other team, or actually two other teams, uh, that we'll run through quickly before the end of the episode, including one that I've talked about a lot recently. But before we go any further, I do want to shout out our friends and partners at FanDuel. The midway point of the NBA season is here, and now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. New customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's bonus bets if your first bet does not win. All you have to do is download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe, secure, and super easy to use. You can bet on everything from money lines to point scores to the number of threes drained. Obviously, for a lot of you, uh, you might be trying to figure out who the next NBA champ is going to be this year. could be the Celtics. I don't follow basketball that much, but I certainly know Steph Curry drains a lot of threes uh, throughout his career, and I also know that LeBron James is continuing to chase history by adding even more career milestone points to the already historic pace of these on. So whatever you want to bet on, FanDuel makes it really easy to win even more by letting you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parley. Don't miss the chance to get your no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sports betting and official sports betting partner of the NBA. Hello, friends, and welcome back to these closing thoughts in tonight's episode of Locked On Winnipeg Jets. We are just wrapping up with some uh, shorter-term NHL trade deadline thoughts about players Winnipeg might be after. We've talked about uh, Calgary and Anaheim being options. I want to focus a little bit on Vancouver and Arizona because I think these two might be among some of the most likely trade candidates. Um, the Jets might be looking at Brock Besser and Connor Garland from, from Vancouver, which for me is fine. Besser is one of those players who I think has the potential to be a really good find if you're uh, patient and willing to take the gamble on a pretty high cap hit. Um, but I guess the good news is his you know his deal kind of expires after 2025 and if things don't work out, You could probably eat some salary and send him to another team. Uh, Although you will have to eat like at least two mil, which is not cheap. Garland, um, you know, a, a lower cap hit having a really off season this year, but traditionally is like a great like second line winger with a really nice shot. Very smart offensive positioning. And he's just a general pest. He's kind of like Marchand light. So those are two players that I think are legit options. I was also really into the idea of Andre Kuzmenko, but now he's on a modified no trade clause. Uh, he's being paid $5.5 and, and it doesn't really seem like uh, Vancouver is all that interested in moving him. So yeah, he kind of comes down to Brock Besser and Connor Garland. There's also JT Miller, apparently, who's on the trade market, but you probably don't want to go that route. If I'm being honest, Miller's still a good player, but is he $8 million good, and is he $8 million good for the Jets, especially when he back checks even less than Mark Shifley did in previous years? Yeah, um, not not the kind of player that I think I'd be super interested um, in bringing into this locker room, especially with some of the friction that he's had with teammates on his other teams. It's actually impressive how like easy it is for him to sort of come to quarrels with his teammates. You know, some days they get along, some days they're yelling at each other, but JT always seems to be at the center of some sort of controversy, so uh, a very fun drama to watch if you are not a uh, Canucks fan. Now, the last team of interest for for Jets fans is probably the Arizona Coyotes. They have like a hilarious amount of dead salary, but they've also got some very live salary, and some of those players are actually pretty good. Lawson Krause is one of those guys who might be a legit 20 to 30 goal scorer. I don't know if it's like something that's super sustainable, but for the past couple of years, he's actually been really solid as like a middle six winger. Now he is signed for multiple seasons and he's clocking in at a little over four mil. So he's not super cheap, but if he's bringing you 25, 30 goals a season, I mean, for that price tag, you do it every day. I mean, that's super cheap, uh, especially for the kind of value that he potentially adds to a team. Now, do I know if that's like super sustainable? I I can't say for sure. Uh, With a player of his caliber, I don't know if like I want to bet on that on a consistent basis. But you know, maybe he actually does pull it off. Maybe this is the real version of Kraus that you're actually seeing. Uh, He is big and he is very physical, and the Jets love that kind of stuff. So. Maybe that's kind of up their alley, but as it is right now, he's traditionally been something of more of like a 30-point score, and if that's what he becomes for, I don't know, four mil season, it's not the worst, but it's also not ideal. The names, though, that people are after it's Nick Schmaltz and uh, Jakob Csukran, and we've talked about those guys extensively. Uh, Schmaltz is like the dream at 5.85 million, uh, signed for like the next three or so years, Excellent, excellent top six center, great shot, uh, really nice passing. Not a name that really draws a lot of attention until recently just because, well, it's the Yotes. And I think a lot of people sort of believe that he was more cast as like a bottom six player from his time with the Hawks. But he's actually really blossomed into uh, a nice second line center, somebody that I think would really fortify the Jets and also give you a Pierre-Luc Dubois replacement when that eventually does come to pass, because Dubois is leaving. Chickren, uh man, $4.6 million for the next two and a half seasons for the kind of production that he brings. Bonafide steel. If anyone can afford that trade package, just do it. I-, I promise you, you will not regret it, and I really hope that it actually could be the Jets. I mean, Winnipeg probably would have to get rid of some salary to make all of this work, but... If you're looking for players who I think would really fit Winnipeg's profile, uh, I, I'm not so hot on Nick stat. I mean, he's a name that people do like, but I think he's not really the kind of guy that I think is going to move the needle like the needle enough. But if you're needing to bring in maybe another third or a fourth liner, it's fine, I guess. Um, but I'm definitely really high on Schmoltz, Chikrin, and to a lesser extent Kraus. So, Lots of options for the Jets to choose from. Let me know which ones you think will become future Winnipeg Jets here uh, by Friday, March 3rd. Drop your predictions in the comments below or at my social medias at HLivingLoco and at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. The season of the day every day. I appreciate your feedback and your support. So we will see you here back tomorrow. Have a great night. And as always, go Jets go.